See these flowers up front? Don't they look great? Look at them things. Aren't they? I'm really am- I'm amazed. I put them there that way. I must have done a good job. Look, don't they look great? You got to look at them. They're really, really beautiful. I agree. I agree. Would you please take your Bibles? First Corinthians chapter. I'm sorry. Second Corinthians chapter one. Second Corinthians chapter one. And we're going to read what God has given me tonight. I hope it be a blessing to you. Amen. Amen. But every time we read the Bible and every time we go over verses, I want you to remember that it's for you to learn. We're here to learn. We're students of the Word of God. Amen. We're supposed to learn something. Second Corinthians chapter 1, starting in verse 1 down to verse 11, it says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, Unto the church of God, which is at Corneth, with all the saints which are in Archaea, grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. Tells you right there that he is the Father of mercy. There was no mercy in the universe until God brought forth mercy that he has inside of him. There was no love in the universe until God brought forth love. There was no light in the universe until God brought forth light. There was no life in a dead universe until God said, let there be. Amen. God is the God of all mercy. Just remember that. And he is the God of all comfort. Need any comfort today? Need any comfort in the days ahead? There He's the God of it. Amen. Verse 4. Who comforteth us? He's the God of comfort and he comforts us. In all of our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are us, which are in any trouble, by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. God comforts you when? Not when you don't need it. He, not when you don't need it. He comforts you in your tribulation, when you need comfort. You don't need comfort when everything's going great. You already got everything's going well. You need comfort when you really need it. Amen? You need healing when you need healing. You don't get healing when you don't need it. And that's what God is. He's a God to provide your needs. And the greatest need that is, He's a God of comfort. Who will comfort you through all your tribulations. That means through everything that's going bad in your life. The hardest times of your life. Think about that. The hardest times of your life may be ahead of you. They may be. I hope they're not. I hope they're behind you, but they may be ahead. But just know that God's already ahead. But he's the comfort God that comforts you in all your tribulations, that with the comfort that he comforted you, you can comfort other people. Amen? And that's what it's all about, isn't it? God gives you, you give to others. Verse 5, it says, For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us. See what he said? The sufferings abound. Please don't think it's strange when you go through trials and tribulations. So the Bible says, don't think it's a strange thing. It's the trying of your faith, which is more precious than gold. If you're a child of God, you're a creation of God. God has got to try you, test you, make you, what is a, what is a diamond? But a hunk of coal, under pressure. What is gold if it not refined? Nothing is worth anything until it is refined. And God is refining us, knowing that God's hand is 
on us, knowing that it's God who's applying the pressure, knowing that it's God who's allowing the fire, knowing that it's God that's letting you go through things. Let God do what God wants to do to get rid of the pure, unpure things, the unclean things that are hindering your growth and hindering your love and hindering the Spirit because the Spirit of God wants all of you. He doesn't want some of you. God's not going to take half of you. Do you understand? He wants, he'll just wait till you surrender. Then he'll take all of you. And so therefore all these sufferings that we go through in verse 5 says, for as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also abounds. See, how do you know how good God is? Is when you're going through something pretty bad and God gets you through it. Amen? Amen? And you know, man, God's good. You know, how do you know? how good God is until you know how bad this world is. Amen. How do you know how good God is until you know how bad you were, what you deserve? We say, how are you doing better than I deserve because I know the truth of the word of God that I deserve to be judged for my sins and be sentenced to hell. But by the grace of God, I'm saved, saved, saved. Amen. He, he delivered me from the, from the wrath of the, that is to come. He delivered me from hell. From the grave, I know where I'm going. I know what I've been given. And that's just the start. Look what it says in verse 6. And whether we be afflicted, see the words he's using, tribulation. He's using sufferings. He's using these words here that he says, and whether you be afflicted, it is for your consolation. How could their affliction be for their comfort? Because you have to realize that when Apostle Paul and the And the apostles, when they were being attacked and afflicted, it was allowing the church to show that, yeah, even the greatest Christians in the world go through sufferings. Even the greatest, closest, Jesus went through sufferings. Amen. We also, when it comes on you, think it not some, wow, what's happening? I thought it was supposed to be all better. No, God's in charge. God's in control. Things that are gone. What do we say? What's the Bible say? We know. That all things work together for good to them that love the Lord, them that are called according to His purpose. Every, you gotta have faith, amen? Knowing that even, see, I'll tell you what, if I was the only one going through it, I'd feel bad. Right, Nick? If I'm like, everyone else, everything's going great in their life, I'm the only one going through it. I'd be like, what am I doing so wrong? But knowing that everyone's going through it, knowing that everyone, everyone through it, all the apostles, all the, the greatest, everyone in the Bible, everyone went through horrible things in their life. But they all came out praising God and better for it. And they're all seated at the right hand, left hand of the Father. They're up there glorifying God and they're cheering us on. Tells us in Hebrews chapter 12, it says, we have a great cloud of witnesses that are up there watching us, cheering us on, time, cheering us on, saying, you can do it, you can do it, come on. We went through it too, let's go, you can do it. Knowing, knowing, see, they're already there, they know. We need to have that kind of faith and know whatever's happening in our life, God's in control. Amen. We need, what are we supposed to do? Have faith. Look what he says. He says in verse six, and whether we be afflicted is for your consolation and salvation, which is effectual. The salvation is effectual in the enduring of the same sufferings, which we also suffer. For whether we be comforted, it is for your consolation and, salva- and, and salvation. You know what he says? He says, for, and salvation which is effectual in the enduring of the same sufferings. Enduring of the same sufferings. That's how you know someone's saved. They endure sufferings. Because if you're saved today, aren't you going to be saved tomorrow? So you're saved, right? 
then why would you ever fall away from God or the faith or anything like that if through just some sufferings made you fall away? How do we know a person's really saved? When they get tested. When they get tried. Let's pour some, pour some, some bad stuff on them. Let's see what happens to them. Because it's just going to show who they really are. You know what I mean? And that's what God, he wants to show us who we really are. Some people need to look and see who you really are right now and get saved. Some people need to see who you really are and have faith in your salvation. Amen? Look what it says, verse 7. And our hope for you is steadfast, knowing that you are partakers of the sufferings. So shall you also be of the consolation. For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble, which came to us in Asia. Play attention to what he's about to say. That we were, please pay attention, that we were pressed out of measure, above strength, insomuch that we despaired even of life. They were persecuted in so much trouble, so bad, afflicted, that they wanted to die. They thought they were going to die. It couldn't get any worse. You got me? Read me. Verse 9. But we had the sentence of death in ourselves. They knew there was no hope. They knew they were going to die. It was the worst of the worst of the worst for them. He says, but we had the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God, which raises the dead. See, that's real faith there. And then he goes to verse 10. Who delivered us? Who, what did he do? We were going to die. It was impossible. Nothing good's going to come out. He delivered us from so great a death. And what's it say? Doth deliver us in whom we trust and that he will what? Yet deliver us. There's the message right there. He delivered us. He is delivering us. And he was going to deliver us. See, I want you to pay attention, right? Say it with me. He said, he delivered us, right? Say, he delivered us. Say, he is delivering us. And he's going to deliver us. I want that three thought. That's the, the thing. Last verse, verse 11. Ye also... Helping together by prayer for us, that for the gift bestowed upon us by the means of many persons, thanks may be given on many for our behalf. You know what they said? They said, we got through it by God and your prayers. And that's how we get through it, by God and our prayers. Amen. But I want you to look at this. He comforts us in all our tribulation. Three things. You ready? Three words. Tribulation, trouble, and temptations. He, he comforts us and he gets us through all the, every tribulation. He also comforts us and gets us through all the troubles that we're in. Are you, a lot of people are in troubles. I'm not talking tribulation. I mean just some troubles. I got some troubles. You got some troubles, Nick? How about you, Mary? You got no troubles, right? Helen, you got zero troubles, don't you? Yeah, exactly. It's a, it can be laughed at, right? And, and you know, um, Donna, you got no troubles, right? Yeah, right. I don't know. We all have troubles. We have troubles. And that's what it says. He'll, he's going to comfort us. Knowing that he's already delivered us from the wrath that has come. He's already delivered us from hell. He's already delivered us from many things. We're going to see a couple of verses. But he is delivering us. Because I'll tell you what, I'm, there's trouble coming tomorrow. Amen. There's trouble coming next week. There's trouble coming next year. Can I get a witness from somebody? And he's going to deliver you from that too. Amen. So he does deliver us. But tribulation, trouble, and temptations. Because temptations come upon us every hour. 
You know what I mean? Zach, temptations are on upon us every hour. I love how it says, our trouble was so bad that we were pressed out of measure above strength in so much that we despaired of life. We wanted to die. The trouble that they were in looked so hopeless, so helpless that they wanted to die. And it says we had the sentence of death in ourselves. And they could, they could think that, and all that they could see and all that they could ever imagine was death. Think about that. They're, they they're just, There's nothing they could even imagine outside of, we're going to die. This is it. We're done. We're not getting out of this one. You know what I mean? And what happened? God delivered them from it. Amen? Amen. They believed the very worst that was going to happen to them. They, they couldn't see anything else but the very, very worst. I, I, there's people like that. That's all they can see is the worst. It's all they see is the bad. That's all they see. It's not going to happen. You know what I mean? And you have to look at the people in the Bible, which gives me comfort, that they went through it. And and Apostle Paul himself and Timothy and the others, they thought there was no hope. There was no way I'm getting out of this. And they got out of it. Amen. How'd they do it? By God and by our prayers. Amen. So that's why we need to do that. But I just want you to think that they could not trust in themselves, they said, but only in God, which raises the dead. And all they could see is death, but yet what God did is gave them life. Amen? It's a good thing. Let me give you three, three words. And we already said the words, he delivered, he delivered us, he delivers us, and he, and he will deliver us. And I want you to think about this. I'm going to um, look at some verses. Amen? He delivered us. Amen? So let's, there's many verses. I'm just going to look at three. Look at first, I'm sorry, Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. And then from there, we're going to Acts 26 and maybe 2 Timothy. Colossians chapter 1 says this, verse 13. It says, Who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son? He has delivered us from the power of darkness. You know what the greatest power of darkness is? Death. He's delivered us from the power of darkness. You shall never die. Death has no grip on you. You say, yeah, your body, that's your physical body, not your spiritual body, not your soul. God, that has, it has been bought and paid for by Jesus Christ. He has delivered us from death, darkness, and the power of it. Amen. Look in Acts chapter 26 with me, please. Acts chapter 26. And then from there, 2 Timothy 3. Acts 26, great verse, prophetic verse. It's in the Old Testament and it's in the New Testament. Verse 18. Acts 26, 18 says, To open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light. And from the power of Satan unto God. That they may rejoice. I'm sorry, no. That they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. He has delivered us from the power of sin, death, darkness, despair. He's deli- it's all, we're already delivered. Your two friends, the alcohol and the drugs, right? They, if they are Christians, if they are, because I don't know them, they're already delivered from them. They just don't know it. They choose and allow a lie to tell them what they do. When Jesus said, I've made you free. Power has no, has no power over you. So that's why he said to, to, uh, to turn them from the power of Satan under the power 
of God. Amen. He's delivered us. Look with me in 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Are you there? Look in verse 11. 2 Timothy 3.11 says, um, Persecutions, afflictions, which came unto me in Antioch and Iconium and Lystra, it says, What persecutions I endured, but out of them all, the Lord delivered me. I can testify tonight that out of, when I look back on my life, Apostle Paul said, I have not obtained yet, but the one thing I have obtained, Terry, is forgetting those things are behind and looking forward to the things that are behind. And what Apostle Paul said is, is that, I, I'm, it's the same thing I'm saying, is when I look back, Zach, God delivered me from everything. I can look back at times in my life, I thought there was no hope. I was in a dark place, but I'm out of that place now. He delivered me from it, amen? I love that about the Lord. The second thing he does is he does deliver. I mean, he will deliver. He is delivering us. Do you realize, like I said, it's not that he just delivered us from that, that wrath that is to come, the hell, but he delivers us every day. He probably delivered some of you today. You probably didn't even know it, and he kept you safe from something of some type of harm, but I don't know about you, but something's going to come out tomorrow. That devil's like a roaring lion. He's seeking whom he may devour, and, the, and God, Jesus Christ, delivers us every day on certain things. Things. Look in Second Peter chapter two with me. Second Peter two, and then Acts seven. Second Peter two, then Acts seven. Tony, would you go to Psalm thirty four seventeen? And when I ask you to read it, would you read it? In Second Peter chapter two, verse seven, it says this: "And delivered just Lot, vexed with the filthy." Conversation of the wicked. He delivered Lot from Sodom and Gomorrah, the most wicked city in the world. How did he do it? Angels literally went in and pulled him out. I'll tell you right now, I don't ever want to get in the position Lot was in, that I need angels to come down and pull me out. Amen? But God is delivering us from the wickedness that's in this world right now. There's this world, you can just put it in one big giant toilet, seems like. It is Sodom and Gomorrah out there. It's bad. Amen? And it's getting worse. And the good, great thing I know is God's going to send down his hand. He's going to snatch me out of it. Amen? Praise Amen. Jesus for that. Look in Acts chapter 7. Acts 7. And then Tony, after I read this, I want you to read Psalm thirty-four seventeen. Acts 7, verse 10. You can listen if you don't want to turn. But that's okay. It says, And delivered him out of all his afflictions, and gave him favor and wisdom in the sight of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And he made him governor over Egypt and all his house. Who's he talking about there, church? Joseph. Joseph, Joseph young boy, was, was, had so many troubles and trials and tribulations and temptations. And God allowed him to go through them all so that he could try him, test him, prove him, make sure he was going to be the real deal. And then he gave him favor with the Pharaoh, the king, and then he made him the head of everything. Amen. That's exactly what's going to happen to us. Right now, we're, some of you might be thrown in the pit. Some of you might be like Joseph's brothers, that everyone's against you. The whole family's against you. They think you're in a cult. They think something's wrong. You know what I mean? Then they, they just want to sell you out. You might be getting sold into slavery somehow. You might be you know, thrown into prison like this, and you don't know what's going on. Just hang in there. God's doing something great and mighty. Amen? That's right. Uh, uh, 
Tony, if you could read that for me. Psalm 34, 17. The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth, and delivereth them out of all their troubles. Amen. See, the righteous, what do they do? They cry. And what? God hears them. See, God allow you to, sometimes we get ourselves in the muck and the mire. Sometimes we just walked right into it. You know that. Sometimes we just dive into the cesspool of sin. You know it's true. I know it's true. And God will let you swim in there with the worms for a long time until you're ready and say, get me out of here. And then God will say, did you learn a lesson? Come on, let me help you out. He'll clean you up, wash you off, amen? And then he'll say, let's go. Sometimes God allows you to fall in it. You know why? Because when you start to get prideful, when you start to think, I got this, I can do this, I know better, I should do this, I think we should do this, and I think we should do that. Whoa, next thing you know, you're going to fall into a a pile of of dung. And God's going to say, look at you, you think really? And he's going to let you out. Everything that happens to us, let's learn from it. That's what it's all about. And um, I would like you to turn to first, and we're almost done, two more. Uh, first Thessalonians chapter 1, then Romans 8. First Thessalonians chapter 1, then Romans 8. Who would like to read Romans 8 for me? Anybody like to read Romans 8? Uh, Nick wants to read Romans 8, and let Zach read Thess- 2 Thessalonians 3, 2, Zach. 2 Thessalonians after Nick. You, Nick, you're going to read Romans 8, 21. First after- or second? Thessalonians. I'm going to read that. You're going to read Romans 8.21. And Zach is going to finish with 2 Thessalonians 3.2. Right now I'm going to read... You're going to read Romans 8.21. Okay, and he's going to read 2 Thessalonians 3.2. And I'm going to read right now 1 Thessalonians 1.10. And it's what it says. Everybody can look at it. It says, And to wait for his Son from heaven. This is our commands. This is the word of the Lord to us. What are we supposed to do? Wait for Jesus Christ to come back. It says, And to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath that is to come. You see, we've already been delivered from the wrath. We are actively being delivered from the power of Satan and the dominions and the darkness every day. Amen. And one day he's going to deliver us from something else. That wrath that is to come is the great tribulation that's coming. And we're going to get delivered out of that. You know, not in the middle of it. We're going to be delivered out before it even happens. That's because he not only delivered us and is delivering us, but he's going to deliver us. Read their verse, please. Because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. Amen. 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 Did you guys hear that? Because the creature itself shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption. The creature itself shall be delivered. That's what I'm saying. You've been delivered from hell. You're being delivered from temptations every day. Amen. And you're going to be delivered from the wrath that is to come. Brother Zach, if you'd read this and we'll finish it. And that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, what? for all men have not faith. Amen. You see, we're, God's going to deliver you from wicked people that are going to try to hurt you come next week, come next year. Have you, ever been, have you ever been in a situation in your life that you didn't do anything wrong, but other people put you in that situation? It's a terrible place to be, isn't it? God says he knows, and now that you're following him, and now that you're delivered from hell, and now that he's delivering you from temptations, and you're following, he's going to deliver you from that coming. 
I'll tell you what, it, when I, let me just testify. Before, when I, before I got saved, I was a knucklehead like everybody else, just doing everything that everyone else did. And uh, life was very difficult and tough and all this. And I got saved. I started to live for God. And as I started to live for God, a lot of troubles came by. A lot of trouble. I mean, a lot of like heartache and trouble and, you know, uh, foreclosures and all kinds of crazy stuff. And I mean, grieve and grieve. But what happened to me through the hardest times is made me into the person I am now. It made somebody who was, who was soft and squishy and they're very hard and, and perfected. And, and God's polishing you and strengthening you. And when, it's, when it tells us that he's going to deliver us. So anyway, my reason I said that is after I got through that time of testing, about 10 years, ever since then, I've never been delivered again into the hands of wicked men. I've always been delivered out of it. The things that happened to me before from other people and put me in situations and problems, and I was like, all of a sudden that has never happened again in the past 15 years. You know why? Because he allowed me to go through, he, he allowed me to see a lot of things. He allowed me to go through a lot of things and learn a lot of things. Amen? And then he delivered me from it, and now he keeps me from it. I, I, I honestly can say, I see other people, and I can say to myself, I did, used to do that. I used to do that. I used to do that. And I can't make them. They have to go through it to find out, oh, you know what? I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have been with that people. I'm here to tell you, we are called by God to separation. So I know Christians, I call them Christians, I hope and pray they are. But people that are saved, baptized, in a church for a while, but they've never got rid of their friends. Always hung out with the, with the lost crap. Their friends, their music, their lifestyle, and it drug them right down the toilet and they never learned any lessons and you never see them again. Are they saved? I certainly hope so. I have no idea. All I know is that they're lice in the toilet because they never learned from a couple. I mean, when you're going through something hard and you're hurt, what should you do? Not trust in yourselves, trust in God. It should draw you closer to God, not push you away. I, I mean, seriously, have you been through anything? The heartache? Well, is there a person that could really help you? No. Only him. Only him. Now, you might think some rich guy could swoop in on this white horse and throw money at the problem, but that doesn't heal a broken heart. It doesn't replace a, an empty soul. It doesn't give you fulfillment. It doesn't give you joy. It helps you out, that's for sure. But that isn't what Christ does. Christ, you find out that he was there with you through it all the time. Amen. And that he never left you. He was holding your hand and got you through the hardest darkest time of your life and you look back and you say wow he got me through that and what it does it builds a bond it builds a bond between you and him a bond that you would never have if you didn't go through that because what happens is everybody has jesus and them yeah and they walk through life like parallel no i want jesus and me like this one and you know what made it? He's always there. Me, Tony, needing him so bad, crying out to him. It says the righteous cried out and he heard him, amen? And he saved him from the miry pit. David had to realize I'm in the miry pit. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. And he comes and he pulls you out and he saves you. And it builds a bond with God that, to me anyway, can never be broken. I don't know about everybody because I'm not everybody. But I know me, if somebody truly is there for you in your darkest hour, that's your friend. Amen. 
that's someone you can count on. And we have very few of them. You know it, I know it. But when somebody's there for you through it all, and they've always been there for you, you, can, you know, he's my friend. That's my friend. I know we have few of them, but he's my friend. He's not, uh, Tony, man, I could sit down for days and tell you stuff I've been through. But I'll tell you what, what it did is it made me like this with him. He delivered me out of it all. Now he delivers me from the hand of wicked men. He never lets that, what happened to me, happen again. He's already, you know what I mean? I've learned my lesson so many times. And and you know what it does? It gives you wisdom. It gives you knowledge. You know what I mean? When you get older, um, when you kids get older like me, Miss Jean, when you get up here up in the age like me, you'll have have some uh, years under your belt and you'll understand some things. You young kids have to go through stuff. Uh, but the truth of the matter is, is you're, you, you know now certain things that you wish you knew when you were younger. You know what I mean? And now what can you do? Where we started out, the comfort wherewith he comforted you, now you can comfort others. Amen. And let them, you know, sometimes, and I'm done, sometimes the comfort is you're going to make it through. You're going to get through this. Helen, you're going to get through this. I'm telling you, you're going to get through it. If you're following the Lord. Uh, Terry, you're going to get through this. And I mean, Donna, you're going to get through this. Yeah. I, you know, I'm telling you, I, I know it's tough. But you know what? He's doing something inside your life that he knows exactly what he's doing. He's the potter. You're the clay. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Amen. Almighty God and Father, we are your children. We are your creation. We ask you, you're the potter. We're the clay. We ask you to put your hands upon us and mold us, squeeze us, get all the impurities out, help us to be what you want us to be. Have mercy. You know how merciful you are. You know just how tight to squeeze. You know just exactly what we need and what we don't need. We, put our, we are willingly, Lord, putting our hand, ourselves in your hands. We trust you. You are good and kind and merciful, and you love us with an everlasting love. I pray, Lord God, each and every one of us can just yield ourselves to you and let you do the work. Let you have your way and your will. And we thank you for it, Lord. Please bless, I pray, each and every person that's here tonight. Give them new understanding. Give them something from the word of God that was food for them, strength for them, help for them. And bless us tomorrow, I pray, in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen, amen.